Let's begin with prayer. Let's begin with prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for uh, your grace and love that you have lavished upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And we pray that even as you have enlightened us to this great salvation, that we might turn and be saved, that you would continue to teach and instruct us, to lead us in your ways, that we might be built up and our faith strengthened, and that we might more and more delight in uh, the grace and love that you have granted to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're looking at chapter 14 of the Westminster Confession, and you can find that in the back of the hymnal, um, chapter 14. <clears throat> which is on page fifth, uh, 856, if you're looking at it uh, up in the hymnal. In this part of the Confession of Faith, it has uh, been looking, it has been looking at the benefits we receive in Christ, um, beginning with our effectual calling, which unites us to Christ so that we have a share in the redemption that he has purchased for us. Uh, And so in Christ, we receive uh, justification, adoption, and sanctification. Uh, Our status is changed from guilty to innocent, from uh, stranger and outlaw to, to child of God and heir. And we also have this work begun in us by which we are you know, further sanctified and, and made personally and really holy, um, more and more conformed unto God's image uh, by his grace, uh, that, that work we call sanctification. Um, so having looked at kind of God's work for us and in us, now the confession turns to kind of our apprehension and response to, the, to these things. Um, it's not really chronological here. It's not like we're sanctified and then we have saving faith, obviously, right? Uh, we're justified by faith. So in, if we're going to do a chronology, you know, faith actually um, is, is logically prior to justification, or at least it's, it's um, the way we receive our justification really happens at the same moments. So it's not really chronologically based here. It's more thematically based. Um, what do we receive in Christ? What does God do? And then, you know, what is the way in which we respond and lay hold of Christ and live in Christ? And so we'll look at saving faith and then repentance unto life and then good works and the perseverance of the saints. So, you know, we'll look at uh, these things now. Today, though, uh, we'll look at uh, saving faith. Notice that it says saving faith. Um, recognizing that there may be different kinds of things that are called faith in Scripture. Um, and there is a, a faith exercised by some who uh, do not have saving faith, have a, a faulty faith. You know, the demons believe. Um, by the way, believe is used often as the verb form of, of faith. So I don't make a big contrast between those two words. Uh, the, the demons believe and shudder. They believe that God is one. Is that saving faith? It's as good as far as it goes, but it's not saving faith. Um, and we'll find for various reasons. It, it doesn't receive and rest upon Christ for salvation, uh, even though it might be called a kind of faith. Uh, there is the type of response to the word that stony ground hearers have, where they might initially respond with eagerness and joy to this word and, and kind of uh, profess it, accept it, 
uh, and yet not rest in it with, you know, sinking roots into good soil and uh, shrivel up after time. So what we're talking about in this chapter uh, is saving faith, the grace of faith that God works in his elect to um, receive salvation. Now, one chapter, of course, that spends a lot of time, one chapter in the Bible that spends a lot of time about talking about faith is Hebrews 11. Uh, Hebrews 11 speaks of faith and gives many examples of faith. Um, it's speaking of the need of endurance, because whenever you need faith, you need endurance, because faith is in things that are unseen and hoped for, uh, that you do not yet uh, possess by sight, and is encouraging the saints to endurance. Uh, but it begins by saying uh, that faith is confidence regarding things we hope for and conviction regarding things unseen. There's a little debate about how to translate those words, and you can find my sermon on the text at Sermon Audio to get more discussion there. But to, to summarize, a confidence regarding things hoped for, that, that we hope for, and conviction regarding things unseen. So faith can be contrasted with sight. Uh, faith is also foundational to hope. You know, if you have faith in something, you uh, can have that confident expectation of that good, uh, which we call hope. And when faith is called for, endurance is needed. And uh, Hebrews goes on to say that the one who draws near to God needs to believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So we have those, those two themes again, hope for and invisible. God's invisible. We believe uh, in the invisible God and in what he promises, in that hope, in that uh, reward, in that thing that he has promised uh, that we uh, look forward to that and we, we lay hold of that by faith. So with that kind of background in mind, let's go to Article 1 of the chapter uh, of Saving Faith in the Confession. The grace of faith whereby the elect are enabled to believe to the saving of their souls is the work of the Spirit of Christ in their hearts and is ordinarily wrought by the ministry of the Word, by which also, and by the administration of the sacraments and prayer, it is increased and strengthened. Uh, this article talks about the source of saving faith. Where, where does saving faith come from? Uh, anyone want to put that in their own words? Where does, where does saving faith come from? This is a Sunday school answer. God, God yes. <laughs> saving faith comes from God. It's a grace. It's something that he uh, gives. <clears throat> and it's the work, particularly, of the Spirit of Christ in their hearts. Um. It's a saving grace. God enables the elect to believe through the work of the Spirit of Christ in their hearts. Um, think of several passages in First Thessalonians. Well, in Second Peter, Second uh, Peter chapter one, verse two, he addresses the saints as those who who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, it's speaking of those who have, who have obtained this, and that word is, is kind of obtained by lot, uh, inherit. Uh, it's not like you know, they've wrestled it and they've grabbed it out of someone's hands. They've, they've received it and 
How? By, by their own strength? No, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so they have this. As he goes on to say, his divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You know, so uh, all things, even this faith by which we possess this salvation, uh, has come from him. Now, does the Spirit use means? Does the Spirit use something else to work this faith in the believer? Yes, the preaching, the hearing, the ministry of the Word. Um, and uh, we find this in Scripture itself. Uh, in First Thessalonians, we find these two things connected. Uh, he says, We know, brothers loved by God, that He has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know, so it, it has... It came with full conviction because it came with power in the Spirit, uh, working this conviction in the gospel so that it was not merely an external word uh, apart from the Spirit. It's, it's a seed that could be sown and plucked off by the birds, but it came with power in the Spirit, working full conviction in them that they might receive it. Um, kind of the classic passage, though, on this fact is Romans 10. Romans 10, starting in verse 14. Uh, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Because he had had just said, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so that implies faith, he says. You know, how can they call on him if they don't believe on him? Yeah, they need to believe in him. And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? Now, that phrase is better translated, and how are they to believe him whom they have never heard. There's a little translational interpretation there, adding the in him of, uh, of whom instead of whom. Um, we can get into other passages that would confirm that. But if you're going to believe him, you need to hear him, right? If you're going to believe him and trust him, trust his words, you need to hear his words. Uh, and how are they, it goes on, and how are they to hear, in other words, how are they to hear him without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Uh, And so he goes on then to say at the end here, verse 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. See, it's Christ's word that's being heard through the preaching of the word, you know, as it's faithful uh, to scripture. Uh, And it's through that hearing of the word that faith comes. Uh, that the Spirit uses the word, the preached message of uh, Christ uh, as he continues to minister, making disciples through his word. He uh, works faith in the hearts of those uh, who hear it. Uh, So it's ordinarily produced by the ministry of the word. Um, Maybe we could find uh, exceptions uh, to that, but that's not really the, the point here. Thinking of maybe uh, elect infants dying in infancy, the Spirit works in uh, ways that are not ordinary. Uh, I'm not sure if that's what it's referring to by using the word ordinary. But ordinary, the way that we should expect things to work, uh, is by the Word. But then faith is increased and strengthened by the ministry of the Word, the sacraments, and prayer. Uh, And so the same word that worked that faith is one to build that faith up 
to you know, give you further reasons to believe, to strengthen your conviction, to uh, continue to build up that faith in uh, the Lord. The sacraments, uh, signs, and seals to you know, tangibly confirm the message that's being preached and those promises to build up your faith, to exercise your faith. You know, how do you get stronger muscles? By using them, right? Using them in certain ways. You train. Uh, how, how does your faith get strengthened? In, in many ways, it's by calling it forth, exercising it. Um, just as sometimes Jesus in, in the Gospels will slightly draw away from a person to kind of call forth that faith, where the Syrophoenician woman uh, seeks healing for her daughter, and at first he kind of rebuffs her, but it calls forth her, her faith even stronger to come out and, and ask for uh, his healing. Well, God gives us things for our faith to take hold of, the word, uh, the sacraments. And then in prayer, we put forth that faith. We call upon him, and, um, and he answers our prayers as well to increase our faith. The disciples asked Jesus, increase our faith um, in Luke 17. And that's a prayer that we're encouraged to pray even today. And so by the ministry of the word, the sacraments, and prayer, faith is further increased and strengthened. Any questions on this first article on, on the source of saving faith? In Article 2, we have more of a uh, definition of what saving faith is. By this faith, a Christian believeth to be true whatever, whatsoever is revealed in the word, for the authority of God himself speaking therein, and acteth, acteth differently upon that which each particular passage thereof containeth, yielding obedience to the commands, trembling at the threatenings, and embracing the promises of God for this life and that which is to come. But the principal acts of saving faith are accepting, receiving, and resting upon Christ alone for justification, sanctification, and eternal life, by virtue of the covenant of grace. <clears throat> so, uh, kind of lists here two different um, objects of saving faith, which are not really two separate things because they're uh, united, but faith uh, believes in God's word, believes in whatever he's revealed in scripture. Uh, faith receives this not because the church told you to, uh, not for any other grounds, but the fact that this is God's word. And so if you trust him, you're going to trust what he says. If you trust me, you're going to trust what I say, right? If you trust God, you're going to trust what he says. You're going to believe it to be true, that God's not lying to you, um, that, that this is God's word, and that uh, you're going to act differently depending on what the word is. You know, what, but you're going to respond believingly to that word. Um, but also, faith has an object in Jesus Christ, who, of course, is the main message of that word. He is the word, uh, in another sense, and he is the one that the word presents to you as your savior, as the one to whom, uh, on whom you are to rely. Uh, so more generally, saving faith is that by which the Christian uh, receives whatever is revealed in the word for the authority of God. Um, as Paul says in Acts 24, you know, I believe whatever is in the law and the prophets, you know, this is the kind of faith that the Christian has. 
believes it to be true, and he acts upon it. So what is a believing response to a command? Obedience. Obedience, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, What is a believing response to a threat? What's that? Avoidance. Avoidance? (laughs) Repentance. Repentance, avoidance. Yeah, depending if you've done it or not already. Trembling is kind of what's listed here. But yeah, you you take it seriously. Uh, you, you, You tremble, you avoid, you... Uh, repent. And what's a believing response to a promise? Embracing it. Right. You embrace it. Uh, whether it's a promise for this life or the life to come. Um, we have promises for both. You know, you can think of how Paul says that godliness is promised both for this life and the life which is to come. Um, and we trust God for both. We trust he's going to take care of us in this life and in the next life. And uh, we... Uh, Embrace those promises. Now, we can find all three of these things mentioned in Hebrews 11. Um, Going back to Hebrews 11, in Hebrews 11, verse 7, we find a warning. You know, by faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Um, certainly he's, he's obeying as well, but he also has a trembling at God's threatening, that there's a judgment coming. And so he takes that seriously and, and, and therefore takes the way of salvation that God has offered, you know, by building an ark. In verse 8, we find, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. Uh, God said, go, go from your country, go from your father's house, go to a land I will show you. And he exercised faith in uh, receiving that word and acting upon it, obeying, going out. And then in verse 13, we find uh, the promises. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them uh, from afar. Greeted them can also be translated embraced them. Um, Having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. You know, so they trust those promises. They saw the things promised. They had hope in them. They, they greeted them. They embraced them, those promises. And that was the, what they did in faith, such that they died in faith. Uh, so the word of God does not bear fruit. It's not beneficial if it's not met with faith, if we do not uh, receive it by faith. It is the thing that actually calls forth that faith by the Spirit's work. Uh, but then we receive it and act upon it by faith. But the principal acts of saving faith uh, respect Jesus Christ. And that's probably the, the most common way for the New Testament, at least, to describe faith, is faith in Jesus, faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, does someone have the, the catechism summary of what is saving faith? Uh, answer there. What is saving faith? The catechism really focuses on this part. One of the kids want to read it? You have it written there? Or Thomas, you want to read it? <laughs> faith in Jesus Christ is a saving faith whereby we receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered to us in the gospel. Yes. Yes, yes, that's right. So the question is a little different. Not what is saving faith, but what is faith in Jesus Christ, which, of course, is saving faith. And it's a saving grace, that idea of it being given, 
That's why I didn't trigger the answer. <laughs> Asked it wrong. Um, if it's a saving grace, and sorry, say it, it by which we receive and rest upon Christ alone for salvation. Um, and so we find the same thing here. By faith, uh, we ex- accept and receive and rest upon Christ alone for salvation. The confession is a little more explicit. What does salvation mean? For justification, sanctification, and eternal life. Uh, that we're trusting Jesus for all of it. It's not like we trust him to be justified now, but then we'll have to work our way to heaven and merit eternal life. No, it's, you know, for, the, for all of it, for salvation, um, we rest upon Jesus Christ. We don't simply believe that Jesus is the Savior and then turn away from him. You know, the demons would believe that he's the Son of God. Um, they, would assent, they would know that claim and they would assent to the truth of that claim, but they wouldn't receive and rest upon him. Uh, so faith is, is more than simply acknowledging the fact, but it's also uh, accepting it and resting upon it, receiving Christ as your Savior. Um, in the way that you might, you know, my example that I use all the time is, that's a chair. I've heard the chairs hold people up. I believe that a chair will hold me up, but then I'm also going to receive and rest upon it, you know, by, by uh, trusting in that chair to hold me. And therefore, I would act upon it, that faith, by sitting in it. Um, And that's the type of faith that we have in Christ, the type of saving faith that is described uh, in the gospel. The faith accepts Christ. Uh, It doesn't simply accept him in one respect or the other. Uh, As prophet, priest, and king, as Savior and Lord, as God and man, you know, we're, as the full package, the way the gospel presents him, you know, we're receiving and resting upon him uh, as our Lord and Savior. It receives him as he's offered in the covenant of grace, uh, as the mediator of that covenant. Um, and so, we're, we're having faith in the promises of the covenant, but of course the covenant is presenting Christ as the, the object of that faith, the mediator. Any questions on what saving faith is? Yes? When I think of the covenant of grace, um, I'm thinking that it it has a firm promise from God to the Son, and us in the Son. So it's it's, it's something we can depend on because it's God making the promise. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's, it's the promises of God, and uh, we can rest in that. And yeah, we have a share in it by virtue of resting in Christ. He's, he's the one that, in whom all the benefits are. You know, all the, the treasures are deposited with him. You know, and, Christ, and God, of course, has appointed him as that mediator, and him and in him all the elect as his seed. Uh, so it's, faith is the condition uh, to interest us in him. You know, that's, it's the condition of the covenant in a very special way, um, unlike any other obligation of the covenant, because it's by faith that we have a part in Christ and a, uh, a right to all the promises of the covenant of grace. So if, if you don't mind, um, to me, I can make a comparison to the covenant of works and the covenant of life. That just as certain as that came from disobeying that covenant, so certain is <coughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can see that death is a, a pretty certain thing. And uh, so how much more can we rest upon Christ for life?
for the same reason. Um, Article 3 then talks about kind of the life of faith, the, the growth and the struggle of faith. This faith is different in degrees, weak or strong, may be often in many ways assailed and weakened, but gets the victory, growing up in many to the attainment of a full assurance through Christ, who is both the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, You'll notice, or maybe you'll notice, in several chapters of the Confession, the last article is like this, where there will be struggle, there can be ups and downs, but eventually there will be victory. Uh, We saw that in sanctification, you know, that there's there's a mix, there's war, uh, and yet, even though sin may prevail for a time, yet regenerate part shall overcome. We'll find similar in the chapter on assurance, you know, that a Christian might not have assurance of his own salvation, might struggle with this, but by due or- use of the ordinary means, he, you know, he can attain assurance of salvation. We'll say similarly here in faith, faith uh, can, can be assailed, it can be weakened. Um, there's, you know, faith is contrary to doubt, but a believer might have both faith and doubt that struggle with one another, um, and yet uh, faith gets the victory. Uh, what is the victory by which we overcome the world? It's, it's our faith, uh, as John says in 1 John 5. Um, Jesus prays that Peter's faith would not fail. You know, you could see that his, his faith wavered, not only when he was trying to walk on the water, but you know, later when he denied Christ, but because Christ prayed for him to support him, you know, his faith did not uh, fail, but eventually got the victory and was able to run with endurance to the end. And so it grows up in many to the attainment of a full assurance through Christ, who is both the author and finisher of our faith. And that's why faith gets the victory, because uh, he is the author of it, he's the perfecter of it, uh, he, we have it by his grace, and therefore also will be uh, sustained by his grace uh, to the end as well. Any other thoughts on saving faith before we wrap this up then? So just to close then with Hebrews 6, uh, verse 11. And we desire each one of you to show the same eagerness, the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Um, We'll find later today in the sermon one example of a man, Abraham, who through faith and patience uh, inherited the promises. Uh, We want to be imitators of the saints, of such people, not sluggish, but diligent to attain full assurance of hope, to to strengthen that faith that we might have the the joy of this salvation and uh, to endure uh, to the end. Um, And we would do so by God's grace. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, pray. Dear Father, we thank you for your gospel, which is life-giving, which works in us even that grace by which we receive it and benefit from it. We pray that you would strengthen our faith uh, for our comfort, uh, also for our witness, that we might act upon that faith more consistently 
in the way we respond to your word, acting upon your commands, trembling at your threatenings, and embracing your promises, both for this life and the life which is to come. We pray that you would increase our faith, and we pray that you would grant this faith to those who walk in darkness. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.